Welcome to the Mindful Speaking Podcast Show. This is episode 7. And I just wanted to say that I hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying alive. Hope you're staying uplifted. It's a, it's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster and an emotional journey over the last two weeks. And not just within the last two weeks, but over the last few months and start of 2020. You know, when we're talking about events that have shifted many different things that have taken place this year and has 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 created new ways and opened up new ways of thinking and diving deep into certain areas and certain things and trying to gain understanding and trying to make meaning as to some of these things that go on. Man, <laughs> so there's a lot to try and take in because obviously taking in too much information where things hit you all at once or in many different ways and come about or come to awareness from blind spots and you didn't and you didn't even know that this thing even existed, then it could become a bit overwhelming. And one of the things that is always important is knowing how to take a break from things that are overwhelming or even keeping yourself grounded within the overwhelming experience. And when we're thinking of everything that's happened this year, not just in the not just globally, but even in certain communities like black and minority ethnic groups. We're talking about three major killings that have happened and there's been things that haven't been done about it, you know, in spite of the last one. And in fact, I take that back. Uh, Armin Arbery with the, the, the killers who were indicted, indicted for the crime and the killing of Armin Arbery. And uh, unfortunately, Breonna Taylor's officers they didn't get uh they didn't get indicted or they haven't been found yet and then with george floyd this past uh, on may 25th uh with the death uh, and 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 with the killing by a police officer and um it's been quite unfortunate and with the emotions i mean don't get me wrong i'm still a bit still trying to make sense of it and trying to not be so infused with the emotion of the experience but best believe that it has also affected me and and has also impacted me in many different ways so I'm trying to stay positive and stay uplifted and try to stay encouraged with everything that's going on and try to try to still get back to being me and and, and not saying selfishly but trying to get back to the purpose and the the calling of what life has in store for me so but over these last two weeks, um, my life has really been affected since, and not just my life, but within the black community as well, we've been affected with the killing of George Floyd. I mean, given the fact that this guy, he was uh, murdered, right? Murdered, and, and in hindsight, it's like broad daylight with an officer having four knees to the back of his back and one knee to the back of his neck. You know, it's like as, as a individual like me, I mean, that could have happened to anybody. And with that happening to anybody, you know, anybody in anybody in the black community would have felt a certain way, regardless whether the guy had convictions or not. I think that the killing of George Floyd didn't just spark curiosity in just the black community, but also 
furiosity in a lot of human beings, not just in a sort of minority and ethnic group. We're talking each one of us individually as a human being. I think the the experience and seeing it happen has each went against one of our values. And that's the right to to be free and not to be murdered at the hands of police enforcement. So it's been a bit of um it's been a bit of a, a, a awakening, I guess you could say that it 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 in realization that police brutality or police enforcement or police officers and the way that they do their job, you know, a, a massive I don't know. I can't say if it's a majority a majority of them abuse their power, or maybe a minority of a minority of them do abuse their power, and it just so happens that you have a couple bad bad apples in a bunch, and it's spoiling it for everyone else, or those officers who actually generally are there to try and protect and serve those who who want to be protected in the community. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we need to try and get straight and trying to understand. And with everything that's going on, it's like so much damage has been created that the relationship between communities and law enforcement, I mean, given the fact if the community does have a good relationship with the um, with the with the police officers in that community, then okay, by all means, respect it, no doubt. But overall, on on a global scale, there's been so many instances of systemic uh, oppression, social profiling or racial profiling, discrimination, police brutality against black and minority and ethnic groups and and and, and so many different forms of racism that is getting to a point where this needs to stop because first of all nobody should be judged on the based on the color of their skin. And as a young black man myself, I don't carry that notion that I, I have the right to judge everybody by the color of their skin. Why? Because we're all human beings at the heart, at the heart of who we are on the inside. You know, at the heart of who we are on the inside, we all want safety. We all want protection. We all want to know that we mean something and that our existence is actually valuable. And when we have certain lives that actually do matter and certain lives that actually are more important than others, then the question comes about, well, does not do these lives not matter? You know, and I think I think with the whole notion that all lives matter, you know, it's not to say that all lives don't matter because it's it's not that sort of argument. The 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 awareness or the thing that is trying to be brought to attention is just the treatment of how certain lives are are not fairly treated, meaning that that these lives that are being mistreated don't actually mean anything to human existence and to human beings. When in actuality, you know, not just all lives matter, but black lives matter as well. You know, I think black lives matter and the, not the slogan, but the meaning behind it raises a lot of awareness and a lot of power. And with a lot of power, we're thinking, we're thinking equality, fairness. We're thinking love we're thinking passion we're thinking positivity we're thinking we're thinking encouragement and we're thinking also too the roots of what it means to be a human so you know we're going back into history and 
and I'm not going to dive too much into history because there's so much that has yet to be truly uncovered. And when we're thinking about history and history in the black community and the black race, there's a lot that needs to be shown and put forward because our lives do matter. And eventually, like, there's this understanding that will come about. And what do I mean by that? Well, we we as a black community have been taken away from our homeland and our homeland meaning home. But with this taking place and being taken away from a homeland and being brought into different worlds that we have never been before or been to before or have even seen or even have come to know, unfortunately, we get mistreated and or we get mistreated coming into this new world and we're seen as though we are inferior, as though our lives don't matter or these people are not of positive nature or don't mean anything. But however, you have us working long days, long hours. You treat us like, you know, you treat us in an unfair way, but yet we're working for you and doing whatever we can to help you build the dream that you want. But then after a while, we finish building your dream or we finish building your thing or whatever the case is, and then you still put us to the side like we're still a piece of piece of garbage or a piece of trash. And in, in that sort of sense, that's what life feels like now with being a black individual in the community and living on this earth anywhere in, in the world. You know, whether you're in America, whether you're in England, whether you're in Africa somewhere, whether you're in China, Germany, Spain, you know, anywhere that you could think of. And I think the unfair treatment of black people is what people what people in the black community have been trying to argue and have been trying to bring awareness about and that have also been trying to do it in the most peaceful ways. Now, as a young black individual and being a part of the movement of 2020 with the Black Lives Matter or with being a part of the Black Lives Matter movement, there's a lot to, <laughs> to take in. You know, it's one of those you know exactly where your roots stand and now it's to see who's either with or against. It's not even a, this isn't a civil war. This isn't a, this isn't a, 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 a debate. This isn't controversial. This is, we're actually taking a stand for what truly matters and what we're, and we're fighting for what we deserve. And if you don't think we deserve it, then you're part of the problem. So um, me and my missus, Mrs. Alice Gallian, the beautiful, pretty one. We uh, went down to London after the whole incident of George Floyd last week on Wednesday. And and I think uh, that weekend, the weekend before we went down to the protests in London, it was one of those, it's time to speak up and it's time to take a stand for what we know isn't right. And we know it's not right. Like we know we're not silly. We're not, we're not dumbed down. We're not we're not human beings on this planet that's made to be to be filled stupid. You know, we're not meant to be those who are meant to be oppressed. You know, those who who have been taking a stand to the oppressor and to those who have been oppressing can only can only fight the battle. You know, have I've only been able to fight the battle with limited resources. Whereas now 
you have human values that come into light. You have human empathy that comes into light. You have social connection that comes into light. And feeling feeling this whole thing and feeling the whole world shift or feeling people in the world make a shift in movement. It's like it's time to 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 now take a stand and stand up to those that we know aren't doing right by their word. So uh and going down to London on Wednesday after I found out that there was a protest Wednesday uh that weekend told my missus like we're going down and there's no there's no questions asked. There's no debates. <laughs> now don't worry, we wasn't gonna turn it into a controversial debate. But you know, it's just like uh it's just like we're gonna go down to London and we're just gonna go down. So um went down to London Wednesday morning, uh, parked the car, of course, and then we walked to Hyde Park where everybody else was meeting up and walking towards. So, uh, understand, understandable. There was, there was quite a few people there, people who were famous actors like uh, Johnny, oh, I can't even think of his name, but Boye, Boye I got to think of his name, actually, Star Wars actor. But, however, he was there uh, giving a speech. Uh, giving a speech and speaking up to those who were all there. Unfortunately, I didn't catch him uh, because there were so many people around. So wasn't able to <laughs> wasn't able to hear him speak. But from what I saw on social media, he seemed to have been taking a very powerful stand and making himself making himself be known that he's here to take a stand against what it, what is unfair and what is unjust. And I take my hats off to him and big up to him, big big respect to him. So. Um, and and he's forever gonna always be a part of a positive movement, just like many other people who are all taking a stance and also been a part of the protests and stuff like that. So uh, we were all in high part all together. I'll say it's can't even tell you how many people were there. Probably over twenty thousand. That's what it felt like, and that's what it looked like. But um, yeah, I met up with my brother and uh some of his friends and stuff like that and yeah we just met up walked together uh felt felt in unison felt in unity um with with everything that we're taking a stand for we all walked we walked through central london walked to walked through london victoria station and then there was a interestingly enough there was a there was a group uh, separate from George Floyd that were fighting to get justice for Billy Majenga. Uh, now Billy Majenga, uh, coming to find out now that she was a lady who was taking public transport and someone uh, coughed and spat on her and after that she ended up uh, becoming ill of coronavirus or COVID-19 and then she ended up dying and there's been no justice that's been served for that. So it'd be interesting to see and look a bit more into that story. So, um, yeah, just walking through town or walking through central London, we ended up at a park not too far away from London Victoria train station. And we all stood there for a little bit and, um, got to the park. And we was all just sitting there and standing around to see what's going on. And then we ended up getting to Downing Street. And we stood in front of, I guess, where some people said that Boris Johnson was. 
and uh, got to got to got to the to the MP house or something like that. I can't remember what it's actually called, but got there and we saw that there were plenty of police officers standing in front, guarding the area, and um, behind the gates. Behind the gates were some some uh, cop, uh, some cops or some police officers with heavy militant gu- gunpowder or heavy uh, sort of like ARs or something like that. Not even AKs, but ARs, AR-15s or something like that. So, um, which was quite interesting. But anyway, uh, I part of me those times where you know it, it felt good to be leading like vocals and. Leading uh, and me, <laughs> I'm a six foot eight guy, so I I I had everything about me is all loud or everything about me is all stand not standoutish, but in a sense it could come off a bit powerful, extremely oh extrovert. So um, yeah, I just said a couple things here and there. You know, <laughs> I think my voice was gone whilst we was marching. <laughs> Funny enough, actually, during the march, uh, a girl had given me a bottle of water, and I guess that was like my, that was the best way to replenish and get started and get going again. But um, yeah, there was a couple times where I was, where I was actually off the top of my lungs, and I was like, "Geez, I'm, I'm actually a bit louder than what I really am. I haven't even warmed up my vocals, ain't warmed up my 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 lungs, my breathing, nothing. Just went straight into it. <laughs> so." Um. Yeah, that was quite interesting. So, anyway, uh, yeah, we got back. We got to Downing Street, and we were just standing out in front of the gates. A group of, a group of um, everybody there actually. Everybody was standing in front of the police officers. Everybody was making themselves be known, voicing their opinions, giving their thoughts, sharing their emotions, and it was um. It was quite interesting with this experience. And I'm going to share three different experiences that I've come across with dealing with, not even dealing, just confronting the police and and not trying to confront, but just trying to see what side they're truly on. That's what, that's what I was really trying to accomplish and see where their heads are at or where their understanding is. But anyway, we got there. And I marched up to the front of the gates, and I was me. I mean, I was I knew what I was saying, but I can I can't go word for word for everything that I was saying because it was many different things that were coming out of my mouth. Let's put it like that. And so I uh, was speaking to one of the officers, first one, first officer was speaking to, and um, I just wanted to see if he's happy to take a knee you know, in, in solidarity with everything that's going on. And um, and I was trying to see, like, well, is is this guy not willing to take a knee? Like, does he not understand that taking a knee is a sign of peace and sign of solidarity and sign of understanding? Is that nonverbal? You know, and he's, it was interesting. It was interesting because the first police officer, he couldn't take a knee. But there was another officer to his left that, or to his left, or to which is to my right, all the way on the far end, he ended up taking the knee. I mean, seeing a picture of, seeing a picture of him on on social media, he actually didn't take a knee all the way, like his knee didn't touch the ground. 
So that's um, a bit controversial, but you know, at least he's giving his effort, and he's let's let's take it as though he took a knee. So <laughs> let's take it as though he took a knee. Um, talking with the guy that I was speaking to, uh, again back to the guy that I was speaking to, trying to ask him to see if he's happy to take a knee, he kept refusing, and for the reasons he was given as to refusing to just simply take a knee, like we're asking you to just do something simple. And yet it's also so powerful. And the interesting thing was all the excuses, all the talk, everything that he said in his words, everything that he just, he was, every reason, given every reason why he cannot take a knee. I just found that so interesting. And I was trying to be, I was trying to be with him. I was trying to, Ask him why, like, what's the problem with taking a knee? He was saying, it's, it's just my personal choice. And I started asking him about his values, asking him about what's going, does he really know what's going on, which even became even more interesting because he didn't really understand the, the what's the word I'm looking for? This the, the emotion as to what is truly going on and why so many people are here basically uh, protesting and speaking up against police brutality and stuff like that. So I asked him, I was like, do you actually know what's going on? He said, I kind of know what's going on, but not really. And I asked him, so, okay, what do you know? He says something along the lines about uh, inequality. And I was like, that's it? And he was like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, do you know, do you know um, what happened to George Floyd? Or in fact, do you even know who George Floyd was? And he said, no, I don't. And I was like, wow, okay, okay. So this guy's here, but he doesn't even know why he's here. Like, they haven't even been informed about what's been going on, which is quite interesting. So I had to explain to him, like, everybody's here because a police officer um, had his knee on the back of, on the back of an unarmed black man's neck with other knees on, on the back part of his body as well. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was just trying to add, I was just explaining to him, um, what's going on, explain to him what's going on and why everybody's here taking a stand, everybody's feeling like this. And he's like, okay, okay. So I was just asking, so, you know, taking a knee, is that still is that still impossible? And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I can't do it because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. He, I swear he gave reasons all the way to Z. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is, is this what we're really up against? So um, funny thing is, the more I started talking to him, uh, there was other officers coming in from behind the gate out of the building. And assumably, uh, they came through the gate thinking, oh, what, did they need more enforcements because they see us more of a threat and stuff like that? But no, instead, what they was doing was they were shifting officers, shifting officers every, every, every such amount of time, probably like every 30 minutes or so. So, um, yeah, it was quite interesting with that going on. And then... Uh, and what's that? What happened next? So then, okay, couldn't couldn't talk to him anymore. A new line of officers came in, right? And uh, a new line of officers came in, and I'm like, "Yo, who's who's running this? Like, who's up? Like, where's the deputy? Where's the, where's the head department of you guys and stuff like that?" And funny enough, started talking to another police officer about what's going on and stuff like that, and he was saying that. Uh, everybody here isn't in the same 
isn't in the same department. Like everybody's from different departments or from different police police uh, enforcement buildings or whatever the case is. And I was like, wait, so you guys aren't even on the same team? Like you guys have some of you guys know what's going on. Some of you guys don't know what's going on. There was somebody that took a knee there. You can't take a knee because it's your personal choice. You can't. You can't run. You don't run him because he's not on your team. I was. I was so confused. <laughs> so confused. I had so many questions. I, I swear. I swear. I could have come up with so many questions that it could, it could have been enough for an exam or something like that. But, um, yeah. So I was. I was trying to figure out like what what is going on here. Anyway, he's 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 saying that yeah we're not from the same department, um, and I'm asking him okay are you you know we all asking for peace here we just want we just really want things to stop happening to black and minority and ethnic groups and stuff like that, and he says you know he can't really be he can't be on one side or the other, in fact he's uh, he can't be biased he has to remain neutral. Given the fact that he's working for M, for the M, for the Met or the Metropolitan Police, in which I find very interesting, because I'm like, well, is it hard to really take a knee as an officer? Like, what rules are you really breaking, or who's who actually matters more? You know, the people, the pain of the people, the pain of the communities, or MPs that don't even care about what's going on and how people are feeling. And I find it interesting with that whole sort of thing because if you're neutral in a way, then unconsciously and implicitly, you're actually defending and protecting MPs rather than the people and rather than trying to take yourself out of the job and what you are doing in terms of police enforcement and working your duties and all other, and all other things. But... However, you're not taking yourself out of that moment to understand and to truly connect with humans and the emotion that someone may be experiencing. So um, I, f- I found it so interesting with the fact that most police officers couldn't get out of their job. They had to stay within. They had to stay within their place and know their role. And unfortunately, there were a couple of mixed race officers and well in fact there was only one mixed race officer and one another African uh, another African or black police officer and I'm not trying to speak up against police officers and those of minority and black uh, black and minority ethnic groups in police enforcement but I promise you oh I hope so I hope this actually I hope that those two understood what their kind were going through. You know, and it's interesting because we think that some some people who are behind that sort of um that role or that group of people that's in that role, you think they should be a bit more understanding and be a bit more empathetic. You know, honestly, I didn't find any empathy from one of the one of the mixed race um, individuals. I'm not I'm not trying to go at skin color, but here, but I didn't find I didn't fit it, and I was quite interested to know are police officers brainwashed to think how they think, and structured within their thinking and structured within their within their role, or is it just the person the person just really feels that way and is just very very uh, 
counter is 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 counteractive. I guess I guess if that's a word, it should be a word actually. But it's counteractive as to what everybody's feeling and stuff like that. So, um, I found a lot of it counterintuitive, and I didn't. Most of it just didn't make sense to me. So, that was one thing I was struggling to try and understand. And but anyway, talking with this chap, we were speaking about many different things, and I think he was. He, there was there was a, there was a part of me like okay I could, I like it this guy this guy's cool okay and yeah he seems he says something along the lines like you're one of those guys who I could take a I'll be happy to sit down chat with you about it you know we could have a drink and something like that not a pub or whatever but right now I I can't I can't be like that because of my job and my position and everything that I hold so I was like man like is it really that difficult. Is it really that hard to just try and get you to not just just to take a knee in peace? You know, a knee in peace, or I, I take. I know, I know this, this is a pretty much a big ass, but even just taking taking your hat off and putting your hand over your heart, or saying I understand and I feel the pain like that you guys are going through, and we we are here with you. But instead, we can't even get that. So I found that like. I found that very interesting in a way where our police officers train to where they are, their emotions are numb and to a point where they become unempathetic towards a situation that a person may be feeling in that moment. There's a part speaking with a second police officer where it was a bit of a mind game. (laughs) And let me, let me talk about this mind game a little bit, but we were speaking. I asked him to take a knee he said, "No, I can't do that." Right? Was ch- was talking a little bit. I was I was explaining to him what some of the social injustice and some of the social um, experiences that Black and minority ethnic groups happen to experience in the face, just being in the community and not even doing anything, such as like social profiling or racial profiling and stuff like that. So, um, was talking about that, and then um, we were going about talking uh what was we talking about we was talking about the unfairness in in the society and in the community and stuff like that and then I asked him once again and this time now I asked him something different and he said I asked him can you take off your hat and put your hat over your chest and just say I I understand I I'm here with you I I'm I'm in I'm sympathizing for you and stuff like that. But however, he didn't want to, even, he couldn't even do that or he didn't even want to do that. I don't know whether that was his personal choice or if that's what he was trained to do. So then he asked me, um, I can't do that, but I'll shake your hand. And I was like, I don't want to shake your hand. <laughs> right. He didn't, he didn't want, I didn't want to shake his hand. Why? Because I didn't, I personally didn't want him to do that. Okay. Or I know it's kind of a bit of a, it's a bit of a back and forth sort of thing, but then it 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 was so interesting because he's like he took that moment of offering and he tried to put me in a position like he tried to he tried to he tried to make me be feel guilty for not shaking his hand. You know, it's like one of those things. Oh, you didn't take the opportunity. Well, then that's your fault. You know, you missed it. You missed your opportunity. You get to a point where like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's break this down real quick. 
right? So he has his facial expression. There's another protester that who was joining this conversation. She had, she also had an expression. I'm like, okay, cool. Like you shake his hand, and then she, I don't have no problem shaking his hand. So she shook his hand. And I'm like, okay, well, ask him to do something now. And then she didn't want to do it, right? She didn't want to. She didn't want to partake in what I was just trying to get her to understand. So then he was looking like, well, yeah, you missed your, you missed your chance. So I said, hold on, wait a minute. I asked you to take a knee. You didn't want to take a knee. Then I asked you to take your hat off. You didn't want to take your hat off. And now you talking about me not wanting to shake your hand. And now you're trying to put me in this bad position. Hold on one sec. Let's let's get something right here. That's not fair and that's unjust. That simple, right? So it's just quite interesting because it was like a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mind game. Don't get me wrong. It's actually quite interesting with this sort of engagement. And as we were coming to like the end of a conversation, and uh, one of the deputies or chiefs or whatever was um, was getting ready to shift the officers around again. So. What ended up happening was, uh, as the shift was about to take place, he was like, well, you know what? I only got one thing to say for you, say to you. It was nice talking to you, and he gave me a handshake. I gave him a handshake as well. And then he went off, and it was just kind of like, okay, that's, some, that's somebody I could, uh, I could spend some time with and actually try to understand what is truly going on behind closed doors. So, And I'm, I feel like he would be one of those guys that would do it. So anyway, uh, then came... <laughs> Then came two more officers, okay? There's this one officer um, to the left of me who's a bit, he's, he, I don't know, I can't even explain this kind of guy. But then there's this, it's like two complete polar opposites. You know, there's this, there's a guy that was standing straight in front of me and he was like, he was like Mr. Tough Guy. One of those police officers looks a bit wham, it looks a bit hench. He's, look, he's waiting for some trouble to kick off so he could, so he could try to be, uh, the, the the first person to it, or he's trying to give off give off this intimidating look, which I found quite interesting as well. Because I'm like, oh, he wants to be a tough guy, looking around, giving this sort of giving giving this sort of look with his eyes and stuff like that. I was like, wait a minute, nobody's having that, buddy. So you're gonna have to get that right. <laughs> so and then to his, to to his right, and which is to my left, was the complete polar opposite. And I was like, wow, this is quite interesting. So, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, that was my experience. Well, I'm just going to put it in a nutshell there. But those two guys weren't two guys that I was going to speak to. Didn't want to. In fact, one of them was even trying to tell someone else to be quiet. And I had to tell him, wait a minute, he has the right to he has the right to speak. And he's exercising his right. So how are you tell, why are you telling him to calm down or t- turn it down a notch? So... Yeah, it was just kind of having to hold him accountable. Like, no, you can't do that. So, um, anyway, as time went on, decided to leave it. You know, couldn't get an officer to take a knee. <laughs> Some of them were actually genuine, but then it just came to these last two guys, and it was just like, nah. <laughs> so, uh, ended up walking away with my missus and my brother and his friend, and we were just trying to decipher everything that's going on and try to break it down ended up ended up becoming a bit of a of what we say a minority sort of conversation and just the the sense of understanding between how everything is and why everything is the way it is and just coming up to these sort of conclusions really truly made us open our eyes as to how police enforcement who 
actually are a bad bunch of apples, how they can actually ruin the reputation of the police. And to be honest, the police need to sort that out. You know, if you want the trust of the community, well, we need to know that you're holding your police officers accountable for things that they are doing that are unfair and are injustice and all of unfair treatment. And if they're not doing nothing about that, then how can you expect the community to really trust the police? You know, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a couple of police friends and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I'm like, we, we, we're all about talk. We're all about rebranding and restructuring the youth, which I mean, again, that's my sort of work and that's sort that's my sort of niche. So when we're talking about, uh, other police officers, we're talking about those who do certain things that don't actually add up to, first of all, the job, and second of all, to humanity. So trying to address that and trying to re- refix that, they need to do that in a heartbeat. Otherwise, <laughs> no telling where things are going to go next. And so, um, yeah, that was my experience in London, and then walking back from... Uh, Walking back from High Park, not High Park, walking back from Downing Street, um, me and my, the missus and I, we ended up walking all the way back to our car. And that was another, <laughs> that was a heck of a journey, but it didn't feel that long because I was accompanied by the beautiful Mrs. Alice Gallion, which is my girlfriend as well. So we were walking back, long journey, about an hour and a half from Downing Street through London, Victoria, and through Hyde Park and everywhere else. But it wasn't that bad, actually. It wasn't that much of a bad journey. In fact, we were just speaking and reflecting about everything and today and what's happened and how all of this has came about. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we ended up coming back from London. We, we stopped. Oh, my goodness. We had, By the way, I'm a plant-based eater, so I, I love any sort of vegan vegan oh my goodness vegan beyond meat burger patties they are the best thing on this planet uh to me i don't know maybe it's just me but we we went to a place called um neat i think it's neat neat plant-based foods or plant-based burgers something like that it's a play it was like uh yeah it was neat i think it was neat but anyway we had I got the I got the vegan Big Mac. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like I would do anything to eat that burger again. In fact, I might need to make one here myself and see how that turns out. But you couldn't even tell the difference between a McDonald's Big Mac and a vegan Big Mac. Because though that was one of the best experiences I have ever had. That might be up there with Carl's Jr. Cause Junior's uh Beyond Meat famous Star Burger. <laughs> Let's not start talking about Cause Junior here because that's another conversation to be had. But the burger was so good, bread was soft. The thing is, bread makes the burger stand out. I'm not sure. I'm I'm just asking. I'm gonna ask this question. Have you ever had a burger and the bread is a bit is not cooked like it's not warm. It's like it's it's a bit stale, you know. It that 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 in itself makes the difference between a, 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 an average burger and a great burger. 
And what I had from Neat was a great burger. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just going to stop this podcast here. Um, just sharing a little bit of wisdom. and sharing a little bit of experience here. But overall, though, um, I'm going to share a bit more in the next podcast in relation to this past week, or last week, actually, and share a little bit more on Black Lives Matter. So, and what all I've taken from this. In fact, I haven't even finished speaking about the Black Lives Matter movement in Bristol, which that took place on Sunday as well. So, please stay in tune. Uh, listen to, stay in tune and listen to the next podcast. You know, share this podcast with anybody. If it, if you find that there's some useful information in this, don't be afraid to let me know or share your thoughts or whatever the case is. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and you can also find me on my website, which I'm going to put the link in the actual podcast, and then I will let you guys, I will hope to hear from you guys at some point. So um, stay in tune for the next podcast. This was, this was just part one, and next time I'm going to share part two. So look forward to hearing from you guys soon. And I hope you guys are doing well, staying uplifted, and staying healthy, and staying positive. Peace.